Ni hao. Welcome back to the Panda Cup Stories podcast. Stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. This is episode 10 of our season 1, Chinese Myths and Legends. In our last episode, May performed a bit of magic and transformed from a princess turned village maiden into a rose-colored carp. With a swish of her tail, she headed out to the open sea to meet with the quiet young fisherman she's been watching from afar. So, listener, do you think it's a great idea for May to go to him in, well, carp form? He is a fisherman, after all. Today, we find out. Pearl, Part 4 of 12 Jinju, Di Si Ji Chapter 9, Di Zhang First meeting, Chu Yu. His name was Hai, and it was from the Da Hai, the sea, that Hai learned his living. Hai was a fisherman, just like his grandfather had been. It was grandfather, Ye Ye, who had raised Hai, for Hai's baba and mama died when Hai was but a babe. To this day, the villagers still spoke of the day the sea rose in a terrible rage and swallowed people whole. That day, Hai's mama had gone down to the docks to meet her husband, just as she'd always done. She would greet him with a warm smile and two sturdy wooden pails. Together, they'd move the day's catch from net to pails and then to market. But that day, Kishinatian, Hai's Baba, brought back no fish. He had leapt from the boat and shouted at Hai's Mama to run. The skies behind him had darkened, and lightning forked over a purple sky. Out on the sea, waves became hills, and hills became mountains. Mountains that rolled and crashed into each other in blue-green fury. When it was all over, the sea was once again calm, and the baby Hai was an orphan. And so, Ye Ye took Hai in. As the years passed, Ye Ye taught Hai how to weave fishing nets so they were strong and unbreakable. He taught Hai to light incense sticks, Shao Yi Zhu Xiang, before heading out to sea, and always to leave small offerings for the dragons of old. Shama, Hai had once asked. But why? Always pray to the dragons, Ye Ye had replied, for they rule all waters and control all tides. Ye Ye had smiled down at Hai before placing a hand on his shoulder. We pray to the dragons, for they protect us. Rangar, yet one morning, on the day Hai turned 16, Ye Ye had gone out to sea alone. I'll be fine, Ye Ye told Hai with a laugh. You may sleep in for once. Hai smiled before closing his eyes against the first rays of morning sun. As he did so, he saw Ye Ye light a stick of incense. 
by evening, Ye Ye had still not returned. The incense his grandfather had lit had long since burnt to ash. A few days later, Ye Ye's boat washed ashore, but he was not there. From that day on, Hai fished alone. He also stopped burning incense before setting out to sea. What was the point? The dragons weren't listening. They weren't even real. What was real, Hai thought to himself, was the heat. The day sweltered, blanketing the land and sea. Dawn had long since gone, and the morning sun hung in the sky, hurling down relentless rays. Hai set his nets aside and wiped his brow with a piece of cloth. Hai usually welcomed the pulsing waves of humidity which descended each summer. The summer heat, coupled with plentiful rains, meant good harvest from the land and from the sea. At least, it usually did. Hai's nets were unusually empty today. The sun blazed. Hai wiped his brow again. He leaned over the side of his boat to dip the cloth into the sea. His eyes closed briefly at the feeling of cool water against his hand. Perhaps he'd go for a swim. The fish weren't coming today. Not for the first time, Hai's mind drifted back to land. The hand still holding the cloth drifted lazily in the water. As a sea breeze ran its fingers through his hair, Hai thought of the same wind which made twin braids dance against the colors of sunrise. Eyes closed, he saw in his mind's eye the girl, the one who always came to stand at the dock at dawn. Hai had first seen the girl at the open market. Two months ago, Hai had taken his daily catch to market. He had passed by a barefooted girl who was standing by a fruit stand. As Hai walked past, he saw her bite into a lychee fruit. Her eyes sparkled with joy, and she had laughed. The memory of her laughter startled Hai's eyes wide open. He blinked against the sun, but his eyes were still seeing the childlike joy which spread over her face, as if she had never tasted the fruit before. It was this look that stayed with him. She looked so incredibly happy. The rosy flush on her cheek reminded him of the red ribbons they sold at the market. Hai imagined giving the girl one of those ribbons and seeing that look of joy on her face. Here, Hai shook his head, pulling back from such fanciful thoughts give her ribbons when he couldn't even muster up the courage to look directly at her, let alone speak. Hai's eyes traveled to his right hand, and he blushed a ruddy red. What would fine ribbons look like in his sea calloused hands? He sighed, and then remembered the cloth he still held underwater. He leaned over the boat once more to wring it dry. As he did, a flash of gold and rose met his eyes. 
It was a carp, the most unusual he'd ever seen. It had scales of rose coral which glimmered under the sun. The carp swam cautiously up to High's boat and then darted away. Soon it came swimming back once more. Hai suddenly remembered that he still had part of a steamed bun, a mantle, in his pocket, a remnant from breakfast. He fished it out, broke off a small piece, and held it out to the carp. It swam even closer. Hai dipped his hand into the water. The carp ate the bun from his fingers. Hai chuckled, partly at the strange behavior of the creature and partly from the tickling feeling of the carp's mouth as it ate. The rose carp was so close that Hai could make out the patterns upon its back. Eight large scales ran from its head to its tail. The first and the biggest scale was colored rose, the second one of sapphire blue, the third colored a ruby red. The scales shimmered like jewels, Without thinking, Hai reached out a finger and stroked the rose carp's back. Instead of darting away, it stayed, tail drifting lazily in the water. What a strange one you are, murmured Hai. Hi y'all, before moving on to the next chapter, a word from me and the panda cub. We have some exciting news, so drumroll please. We are relaunching panda cub stories on Tuesday, July the 2nd. But wait, you may be asking, haven't we been publishing stories this entire time? Well, yes, technically true, but only for you, you awesome loyal podcast audience who have been with me and Panda since the beginning. So I've been sharing stories here, but I've kind of taken a pause to go back to the drawing board um, on all my other platforms. So here's what's in store for the Panda relaunch. There will be bi-weekly YouTube video versions of these audio stories. So for you art lovers who want to see my illustration process whilst practicing your Chinese reading as well. Um, and also a artist journey startup journey, um, which I'll be sharing in the Panda Tribe newsletter. So I'll be sharing private installments of my story thus far as an artist entrepreneur. So spoiler, I don't have any of this figured out, um, and it's a little bit terrifying almost all of the time, but I'm putting one foot forward at a time and teaching myself how to build a passion into a business. So if this is a story you want to follow, either because you too are an inspiring artist entrepreneur or because um, you're my mom and you've been asking for more frequent life and career updates, then this newsletter is for you. So Subscribe, basically, is what I'm saying to the Panda Tribe newsletter at pandacupstories.com slash subscribe. So again, that's pandacupstories.com slash subscribe. All right, welcome aboard and Panda promo over. Back to our story. Chapter 10, Di Shi Zhang, Missing, Shi Zong, 
每天一早 each morning, the rose-colored carp would swim beside Hai as he rowed out to sea, coral scales glinting under the first rays of dawn. And each day, out in the open sea, Hai would pause in his task to scatter a few choice morsels of his breakfast for the rose carp to eat. One day, the carp did not come. The sun was already red and blazing, glaring down at the sea with all its might. As Hai gathered his nets, he cast a puzzled eye into the water, straining to see a flash of rose within its blue. The morning grew hotter while Hai filled his nets. Today's catch was plentiful: fat crabs with turquoise backs and red-tipped claws. Tiger-striped clams whose tightly closed shells hid sweet, tender meat, and plump, juicy shrimp with waving whiskers and dancing feet. Hai's nets were now fit to burst, yet he stayed out on the water for many minutes more, hoping that the carp might come. A puffy white cloud drifted across the light blue sky. In the ocean below. Hai's small fishing boat drifted quietly upon the rich blue sea. The sun set high and yellow above. Hai reached for his oars and reluctantly rowed back to shore. Any later, and he would miss the afternoon market. Chapter Eleven, Di Shi Zheng, Jiao Yi, The Bargain. Sha rarely arrived at market before Hai. In fact, Sha rarely ventured into the market during the day, preferring to visit the village taverns at night. But today was different. Today, Sha had something of value to sell. Sha grinned at the thought, revealing yellowing teeth. Those teeth, slightly protruding, were brown at the roots. And planted upon a bed of red and inflamed gums, his hair, unwashed and oily, was already beginning to gray before its time. Shah wrote this off as another stroke of bad luck, yet another sign that the heavens were against him. The only luck Shah ever happened upon was when his parents had died. The old fools that they were. The gold and silver they had left behind had allowed Shah to spend his days in idle drink and play. The gold was gone now, though, and the silver was dwindling too. Shah snorted in derision and took another swallow of liquor. The stuff burned down his throat and pooled in his belly, giving off waves of heat. He smacked his lips before grinning again, showing off those horrible teeth. Sha looked down at a wooden pail and thought to himself, "His luck was changing, and this, this was a sign." Hai reached the shore. He fastened his boat and gathered his catch for the day into dual wooden pails. Hooking the pails into a bamboo shaft, Hai bent his knees and hoisted the shaft onto his shoulder. Straightening, he set off towards the market. Hai walked by the ribbon vendor selling her pretty ribbons for pretty girls. 
He passed by a cart carrying steamed buns filled with pork. As he walked, High's eyes were drawn to a crowd of children who were huddled around the village drunkard. High paused at this unusual sight. Shah was not popular with the village children. He often reeked of rice liquor and was foul-tempered to boot. Curiosity piqued, High drew closer to the crowd. Shah was gloating, fairly crowing over something High couldn't yet see. There, by Shah's feet, was a wooden pail, just like the two High carried. stupid creature, Shah chortled, his rough voice catching with glee. He leered down at a small girl who had been peering curiously into the pail. The girl took a hasty step back. Stupid creature swam right up to me, Shah continued with a cackle and a cough. He wiped at his mouth with the back of his hand and gave the pail a rude kick. Water sloshed over the sides and splashed onto his shoes. Shah eyed the children gathered around him and crowed. Feast your eyes on this, you little fools. He pointed at the bucket by his feet. A beauty, isn't she? Have you ever seen such a color on a fish? A rose carp will fetch me a pretty penny at market, I should think. I froze. When he breathed in again, the first breath came swift and shallow. It was as if a strip of cloth had been wrapped around his chest and had been bound much too tight. Still carrying his own bountiful catch of the day, High walked, in what he hoped was a nonchalant pace, toward the crowd of gathered children. He stopped right in front of Shah. Brother Shah, what do you have there? As High spoke, he slid a casual glance over to the pail sitting between them. In it, swimming in fitful circles, was a rose-colored carp. A row of rainbow scales shimmered down the length of its back. A trickle of cold sweat ran a jagged path along High's spine. My catch of the day, smirked Shaw. He stuck a bamboo shaft into the pail, prodding roughly at the carp. The rose carp darted and whirled frantically about, trying to evade the cruel jabs. Look at that stupid creature dance, Shaw crowed. High's fingers balled into fists. His nails dug half-moons into his palms. How he wanted to knock that smirk off of Shaw's face. High clenched his fists tighter and took a deep breath. It took every ounce of self-restraint to keep the roiling anger out of his voice. Yet, when High spoke, his voice was steady and calm. He looked at the fish, and then turned to face Shaw. She certainly is a pretty one, High said. How much? Shah narrowed his eyes at High, regarding the young man with shrewd calculation. Unpleasant as he was, Shah was no fool. He could tell that the young man standing before him wanted the rose-colored fish. And wanted it badly. Shah grinned, baring rotting teeth. A pretty silver piece might do it, 
he said with a sly grin, knowing quite well that such riches were beyond Hai's reach. Hai's face fell. Sha gloated. He felt a rush of power, reveling at seeing this righteous young man squirm. But Hai was no novice at haggling, and he quickly recovered his composure. An entire silver piece for such a small fish. If we aren't going to speak sense, Brother Shaw, then we're done here. Hai moved his shoulders up and down, as if to dislodge some bothersome fly. He began to turn away. Now wait but a moment, Brother Hai, Shaw called out, a plastic grin pasted to his face. Shaw pointed at the twin pails Hai still carried with him. What has the sea blessed you with today? Shaw saw, quite clearly, that Hai's buckets were filled to the brim with large meaty clams and plump juicy shrimp. An entire day's work, which Shaw had neglected to do. Shaw's stomach rumbled in complaint. I'm feeling generous today, Shaw continued, greedy eyes fixed upon Hai's plentiful catch. Shaw gave what he believed to be a long, suffering sigh. He produced something closer to a wheezing squelch, breathing out the sour stench of stale wine. He splayed five fingers across his chest, thumb resting on his collarbone. So this old fool will give you my rose-colored beauty in exchange for what you have there, in your buckets. All of it. Hai glanced down at the rose carp. He looked back into Shah's bloodshot eyes. How? Deal. Alright y'all, that's our story for the week. Now that Hai has traded his entire day's work for the rose-colored carp, who we know is really May, what will he do? Find out next Saturday in Part 5 of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe Lila. And multiliteracy advice was provided by Kevin M. Wong.